say, hey, Jesus, what does the law say? If you, uh, you know, have sex outside of wedlock, you should be stoned. And he's like, hey, if anybody has, if anybody is not sinned among you, let him cast the first stone. So that's the Jesus I believe in. It's, wow. the, it's the guy who doesn't like the person that's slapping the Bible over people's heads. That's yeah, not the yeah. point of scripture. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm your host, as always, Sean Kelly. Got with me a very special guest, Vegas local, Omar El Takrari. Is that right? Yes, you got it. There we go. There we go. How's it going, man? Dude, thanks for having me. I'm honored. Absolutely. Honored. Yeah. I like having on different perspectives. I know you're big in the church space, religion space, and uh, lately I've been having some guests on that are anti-church, so I'm excited to talk to you, get your perspective today. Heck yeah. 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 I also find myself doing like, con- like a lot of people online know me as a content guy, but then there's a whole nother world because uh, I am a, I'm also a pastor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm down to, down to dive in whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. I can't wait to to hear about it. So how do you become a pastor? That must have been a lengthy process, right? Yeah. It's actually different in certain denominations. You know, uh, the churches, gen- the church, generally speaking, will find itself in a camp. Like they all have different camps mm-hmm. and specific camps have different processes in my case, uh, our church is a non-denominational church, and um, me becoming ordained as a pastor came from a, a, a place of more about like calling. It's like it, it was evident on my life, and leadership saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't say you have to be a biblical scholar to be a to be a pastor. Um, the the Bible is clear that it's just uh, it's it's someone who can teach and preach but it's also somebody who can just care for the people. Mm. And I was doing the caring for the people and I was teaching and preaching, but I just didn't have the office of pastor or the title. Right. And so that's kind of how it more or less happened. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like an official title. Yeah, I know people that have to go to Bible college, they get their seminary. There's Bible college? Oh yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they had to go to Bible college and like stand in front of a board and give this dissertation and like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, okay, you can be a pastor in this, you know, um, you know, uh, camp or you can call it denomination. Right. And, and, and then others, it's like, I, I should know the Bible. You, you should, you should be able to teach it. You should, you should be reading the Bible. And, yeah. um, I, I was exposed to biblical interpretation through what the Bible calls discipleship, meaning somebody just took me, uh, via relationship and and showed me how to interpret scripture mm. and honestly that process I learned how powerful the God the word the God's word is mm. and and then ultimately how we can use God's word to apply it to our life to experience his will for our life yeah so what age yeah. were you when you got into all this so I I, I gave I don't like I don't like saying I gave my life to Christ because he gave my his life for me <laughs> uh, but I received Jesus as my own personal Lord and Savior as a in 2011, okay, and um, I was uh, raised Catholic, and I thought I knew God, mm. but I only knew how to function in that religion. Mm-hmm. And so, actually, what we we don't, I wouldn't even call Christianity a religion. Mm-hmm. I would call it it's more it's more a relationship. Mm. And so, 2011, it, it it's like a light bulb went off. I was I was at a church. My brother was actually doing a rap. Uh, for the for Christmas, a rap, a, a Christmas rap, yeah, <laughs> and that's what's cool. Like people think, 
People think churches are like boring and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. I bet you if you came to my church, bro, the church I'm at, you'd be like, this is fire. Really? One, do you do you like conferences and like dope masterminds and like yeah. high level uh, talks and like you like getting pumped up about yeah, life? Yeah. Like that's every Sunday. Wow, dude. Because I have some traumatic childhood memories of the boringness of church growing yeah. up. Oh no, one hundred. Me too. Be- yeah. Because of uh, because being raised Catholic, it's sit stand kneel. Uh, I remember there was a there's a there's an age gap of of, of people. There is um you have the the old people yeah and then you had the kids that were dragged by the old people mm-hmm. and then when I walked into this church that I shout out to the Science of Scaling podcast hosted by Mark Roberge it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network the audio destination for business professionals each week Mark founding CRO at HubSpot CRO and senior lecturer at Harvard Business School interviews some of the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling company growth. He recently had on the head of sales from OpenAI, and that was a very interesting episode on the future of AI. Listen to the science of scaling wherever you get your podcast today. I never knew like a church like this existed. You, you, I mean, you would consider it like a spirit-filled, you know, just vibrant community, mm-hmm. a lot of young people. And that was the first time I was like, dang, like, this is cool. Yeah, that is cool. And so, honestly, that's that's the, the type of church I'm a part of. I'm a part of a church called City Light Church. We're actually building a building down the street from this studio. Oh, wow. Um, it's a pretty gnarly project, but um, awesome. I mean, it's been cool. All that's happening. So, long story short, long story long, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, this guy, he was my youth pastor, and uh, he was like, hey, can you meet me at the Starbucks? This is around 2014. Mm-hmm. Can you meet me at the Starbucks the next six Mondays? I'm going to teach you biblical interpretation. So for about three years, I was reading the Bible blind, just opening up scripture and reading it. And sometimes you could take on your own interpretation, mm-hmm. but the Bible was written on purpose, for a purpose, at a time, for a reason, by a person. And so you could, you could you can pull out so much from just the original intention of why scripture was written right. in, in for a specific reason. So that's kind of, that built, that process, those six weeks uh, gave me a love for God's word. Mm-hmm. And so that's, oh yeah, I mean, the rest is history. I wouldn't say I aspired to be a pastor. Right, um, just kind of fell in place. Yeah, it's just like a, a compassion filled my heart for people. It didn't yeah. matter whether you knew God or didn't. Um, and I just... I made it my mission in life is to just let as many people as I can know about Jesus. That's cool. And so I in now in my world because I I'm kind of in like the business sector and the church sector. Yeah. I I use the influence in the business to create relationships with people because I really genuinely want to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And I know you you were just having a a cool conversation before this, and uh, what sometimes you 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 meet people just just because I could be a service of them. Mm-hmm. I use I use content creation education as a means to help people with the needs that they know they need fixed or their problems. Right. And then if the opportunity presents itself uh, where, you know, they, they have a question, they see how I lead my family, they see the consistency in my walk and, and all these things, if the questions come up, I'm, I'm ready to answer them. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of how it happens. Yeah, that's cool. So when Billy Carson came on, do you know Billy Carson? No, who's that? Uh, he's like a anti-religious guy, I guess. Um, yeah. But he came on my show. One of the things he said was the Bible wasn't written by God. 
Okay. What would be your comeback to that? Uh, I would agree with him. Uh, it was because it was written by man, inspired by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which is inspired by God. So the Bible went through a process called the canonization of Scripture, and it went through a process of making sure that what they had was valid. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you know that this is valid from God? Well, they would backtrack so many references and pro prophecies. And so, yes, was the Bible like, because God is God is God. Mm -hmm. He's he's is, he's invisible, but he but I believe he's three in one. So, uh, God is uh, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Holy Spirit it, human it inspired humans to write and pen these words. Mm -hmm. And so this process, I mean, there's so many reasons why. And by the way, I would agree with that guy as far as I'm anti-religion. I'm anti-religion. Oh, really? Jesus is anti-religion. Wait, what? Jesus hated the religious folk of the day. Whoa. This and, is a mind f me because I thought... Yeah. Okay, so, dude, this is why I love the Bible. Yeah. And this is why people assume things without actually, like, opening up the book. Yeah. So there's, there's these uh, accounts of Jesus' life. It's called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in these accounts, these are, these are four different eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. And some tell the same story in a different way because each person has their pro proclivity. Like mm -hmm. Matthew was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. Um, uh, uh, John was a Baptist. Mm -hmm. um, or he like baptized people and stuff. And so like there are so many stories where either Jesus is teaching and it says the, the Pharisees, which were like the people who knew the law, like they memorized the law yeah. of Moses and, and Jesus would always say, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm. I'm looking for heart, not head. Mm -hmm. You know, there was this time where Jesus was teaching in front of people and the, uh, the, the, this religious group of guys brought this girl who was caught having sex mm -hmm. outside of wedlock and they threw her at the feet of Jesus. This is crazy. And then Jesus, and they say, they say, Hey Jesus, what does the law say? Mm -hmm. That if you, if you, uh, you know, have sex outside of wedlock, you should be stoned. And he's like, hey, if anybody has, if anybody is not sinned among you, let them cast the first stone. Whoa. It was just, they started backing up. And then he's, he looks at the, the lady and says, hey, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that's the Jesus I believe in. It's, wow. the, it's the guy who, who doesn't like the person that's slapping the Bible over people's heads. That's yeah, not the yeah. point of scripture. The point of scripture is to get to know God, mm. to know his character, um, to know more about him. And as a business person, I would say there are so many principles in scripture that because they were put in by God, it doesn't matter who applies them. There are no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, my, my business coach would say uh, like the, prin the principles in scripture are like God's automation. Yeah. If you just do them, like this, things will happen. There's so much of that in scripture. If you will, then I will. If you will, then I will. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be like so literal with so many things, but like, I, I agree with the homie. Like, I don't like religion, neither did Jesus. And yes, the Bible was written by men, mm -hmm. but inspired by the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Yeah, it's very fascinating to me how many successful entrepreneurs, business owners have a relationship with God. So I went on a weird journey. I mean, I grew up Christian. Then I went through this kind of, atheist phase where i thought i was cool and like really i was like depressed and just 
didn't think there was a meaning um, to being here. But now I would say I'm very spiritual, right? Like I do believe in a higher power. I'm having on some very interesting people and getting a lot of valuable insight. So I would label myself as very open right now. No, that's awesome. Yeah. What about the Christian journey in that experience kind of led you to be maybe maybe discouraged or disappointed to, to say, you know what, this I don't know if this is for me. It was just so boring, dude. Like I was a kid and, you know, as a kid, you just want to run around, jump off walls and stuff. Like yeah. sitting in that environment, just so boring. I felt like the way they taught it wasn't interesting. Um, so it just turned me off. And then I stopped going to church for a bit, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's funny how you say that because like, yeah, I was raised thinking that God was boring. Yeah. And, and that was because I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, oftentimes people can make the mistake of basing their relationship with God or what they think their relationship with God is with the church they attend. And it's so this church that I attend is the, a, a direct correlation of who God is. Mm. And so if my experiences, and this is where it, it kind of could get dangerous when you when you base your when you have a uh, when you when you base experiences off of. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like when you create who God is based on your experience. Right. That's, and that's what I did. Yeah. And yeah. and I think we all have a tendency to do that just because life is life and it's so in our face. Mm-hmm. But this is why I would encourage anyone who is on a journey of faith to number one, find, yeah, I would say find a church that you actually would enjoy because more, let's say maybe, maybe there's a part of it that's like, you, you're like, man, I don't know about this part of it. But like the community aspect is unreal. Yeah, like you know, like that part I that, love that you can't find. Kind of, it's hard to find that somewhere else, you know. And so, I would say for the for the use of community and to bring the questions. Hey, when I have these moments, dude, I, when I write sermons, you know, what? people say like, hey, uh, how do you how do you come up with like talks and like how can you talk about God all the time? Well, it's because I ask questions. Mm-hmm. I don't question God. I just ask questions though. The questions mm-hmm. lead me down a path of discovering who He is. And this is a lifelong discovery. I'll, I'll read the same scripture 10 different times over the, a course of five different years, hear it preached in a different context, and it's, and I, it's like it's fresh every time. Right. And this is, the Bible says it's living and active. Like, that, that's why, yeah. you know? But I would say, um, yeah, that's unfortunate, because, but I, I, would, I would also, that's, that was my experience growing up. For sure. Being raised Catholic. Like, literally, it was, it was like a, like a checkbox. Like, mm-hmm. I went to church. I, you know, did my thing. It I felt got, like a chore. It felt like a chore. Now, I would ask you this question. Like, do you have any kids or anything? Not yet. I want okay. kids. Yeah. Um, like, I have a five-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and a, a son on the way. And would I want my daughter to, to relate to me like that? Hey, she calls me Papa. Papa, could I please have a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> Hey Papa, can I please have a peanut butter sandwich? Like, because it's a it's it's just a religious way of doing things. No, I want a relationship with Ruby. Mm. I want her to know she that I love her. Right. And I want her to talk to me the way she wants to talk to me. Um, I want her to be who she is, mm-hmm. who I who I I guess literally made her to be because <laughs> I I made her right. um, uh, with the help of Amanda Turner. <laughs> but but I say all that to say that's the heart of God. Yeah. He just wants to have a relationship with his kids. And and it's unfortunate, yes, that experiences could get in the way, that life circumstances could get in the way. But I would say the biggest thing, 
and I would encourage you with is is do your best to not um, create your God based on experiences mm -hmm. because that's so fickle. But 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 God's constant, and He's in His promises are yes and amen, and um, He'll be there no matter what, whether I have um, whether I make mistakes, whether I have a really good month, a good, really good year, financially awesome. I'm I lost it all. Mm -hmm. Like if anybody's gonna still be there, it'll be God. Yeah. You know and and I say God, but like, I mean, it, it gets general, but everyone has like, you know, when you, when you, that's why I think it's, you know, um, Jesus having like a name, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. It's, it's, it puts, it puts a face to God. For sure. But, um, but dude, I would honestly, I'd love to, for you to check out City Light. I'll you, stop by. You know who's coming through to City Light? Who's coming? Ryan's coming through. Oh yeah? Neil. Neil Ding, Patel? Uh, Dingra. Okay. Uh, is coming through. I think you had him a, a little yeah, bit yeah. ago. Uh, there's a lot of like influencers that come through, but honestly, it's because it's lit. That's why, dude. I'll stop by. I'm yeah. always open. Yeah, that's that's what I like to do. I always like learning perspectives. Uh, one thing Billy also said, and this is going to be an interesting take coming from you, since you're part of church ownership. A lot of churches require their what is it called participants or members to donate ten percent mm -hmm. of their earnings. Yeah, and he's saying they are maliciously using that money. They're buying real estate with it. All this crazy stuff, right? So, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's, I love this question. No, okay. So the question is framed: churches require it. You know, I I think there are some religions that require it. Mm -hmm. I think the Mormon faith. I think they'll literally like knock on your door and say, "Hey, where's the tithe?" Right. Um. In, in my context, in like the, the way we do church, it is not a requirement from the church. Mm -hmm. I would argue, though, God asks for the tithe in Scripture, mm. and it was actually pre-law. So the, the idea is this, is if you want the favor of God or if you want God's involvement, and, you know, we just talked about the relationship between, you know, a, a, a kid and a, and a father. Mm -hmm. If you want the involvement of God in your life, um, and I would say it's beyond finances, then, then he does. He asks for the 10. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to you about business and life. Click the application link below, and here's the episode, guys. Hmm. He says, hey, trust me with the 10, and trust that I can do more with 90 than you could do with 100. Hmm. He said that in the Bible. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the principle of the tithe. Got it. So tr you 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 are essentially giving back ten. That's the perspective. Right. So like everything I make, ten percent, I give it to uh, the local church. I give. Oh, it to you my do that church. too. Yeah, I do it too. Oh, okay. So, but I don't do it because I'm required to. Got it. I do it because I want to, because I want to mm. invite the divine favor of God in my life. Now, I can't speak for every church, and are there churches that do? stuff with money 100% <laughs> I would I would also say though if 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 the church is buying real estate mm -hmm. and real estate's an appreciating asset right and it's for the church like we're building a church like literally okay let me just put things in perspective it from my point of view yeah city light uh, our pastors planted city light February of 2018 we planted in a middle school mm -hmm. down, you know southwest uh, part of town and it was set up and tear down in a cafeteria. And we did that for eight months until wow. a, a door opened and a church said, hey, would you guys like to use our church? We're, we're, we're closing our doors mm -hmm. and you guys can take over the lease. And so we, we got into this spot eight months in and it was cool because now we didn't have to set up and tear down and we could have really build. Right. 
but we were running five services on Sunday. Wow. Um, it was a, it, it just wasn't fitting the growth that was taking place. So what do we do? What, like, what would be the right Expand. thing to do? Expand. Right. And, and in church, maybe, it, maybe in some sense, it's, it's, it's a business, but, not, and, but it is an organization. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, uh, and making sure the finances are good. Yeah. And, and we personally do an audit every quarter. Wow. Just to make sure that nothing sleazy is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the event when we have an opportunity to buy land like we did here on Jones and Sunset, you know, we we come to the church and say, "Hey, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to give, mm-hmm. this is a uh, we 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 have this opportunity, and it's this is not a requirement. That the Bible says God loves the cheerful giver, mm. not the reluctant giver or the person's like that's like this. <laughs> reluctant, yeah, yeah. So, so I I I again agree with Homie. Okay, that um that there are churches that do that. I wouldn't blanket statement and say all churches do this. Right. So that's where you would differ with yeah. that. He's saying the whole religion as a whole. Oh yeah, which is which is hard to say because there's so many different types. There's like literally in Vegas, we probably have a thousand Christian churches. Right. There's different. And there's just they, they all operate differently. They all have some have elder boards or like uh you know what you would call like a board team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this project that we're doing, dude, it's like I think it's around seventeen or twenty million dollars. Damn. Wild. That's crazy. Just to build out the church, it costs how much? Yeah, I mean, there was the buying the land and then the actual costs of like wow. all this stuff. How many people does it fit inside? We'll be able to fit, I think, close to 900. Wow. The crazy thing, um, I don't know if like Pastor Jamie would want me to say this, but like, <laughs> I think we're, I think it's too small. What? Because because when we moved from the building we were in, yeah. now, now we're setting up again at a high school, but the high school seats like 500 people in the auditorium as opposed to our sp- spot, which was like 200. Mm-hmm. Or we could set like six fifty. Um, we've expanded. Dude, our church has exploded in the wow. last year. And you've been able to do that from content, I assume. Uh, right? It's a mixture of things. It's. I mean, I think it's. It's definitely. Uh, we we have a great Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, th- I feel so comfortable to invite you because I know you'll like it. Yeah. I just know because I, I I know you. I know people like you, um, and and people like that too. They, they they didn't know that they can experience God in in a in a way like this, mm. right? And so. So a lot of people are coming and it's awesome, but I I go on to say, to like demonize churches investing in real estate is kind of like backwards thinking because, you know, if you built your own house, the the cost of you building your house is cheaper than you buying the house after it's been built, mm. right? Right. So it's a good investment. Yeah. So it's probably like a that's like if I'm going to use people's money to do anything, it's probably smart to do it in a way where it will grow. That makes sense. Yeah. And and that's a why that's what you call like a good steward of finances. You right. Know? There's this there's this uh, parable in the Bible where um, Jesus is talking about these three people. Is it is it three or five? Is it, I think it's three people. One guy uh, got one talent. This is just like a bag of coins, let's mm-hmm. just say. The second person got a, two bags of coins, and then the third person got five. And he goes on to say that the, the two people that got two and five went and multiplied it and brought it back. Mm. And then the, the person that got one talent dig it in, dug it in the ground and did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to say to come to the master and say, hey, what, what did you do with what, what I gave you? Um, everybody else doubled it. And this person who dug it in the ground said, look, I still have it. And then Jesus says, that's a wicked and lazy servant. Mm. A person who doesn't multiply. Like he didn't lose it. 
Yeah. He didn't spend it. Um, he just dug it in the ground. He, he hoarded it and it didn't multiply. Wow. So I think two things there. Number one, it comes back to the heart of the person, right? Like so much of people's pointing the finger at a religion or, a re or whatever, call it a religion, call it a faith system, whatever you want to call it is, is, um, it's, it's hard to make these blanket statements yeah. and because there's so much nuance. And at the end of the day, we don't know somebody's motive. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you get to know somebody, you can like, cause I know, cause I know you enough to be like, Hey, that's not like you or Hey, but are you, that's, that was a little greedy, bro. You know, <laughs> I can call you out, but from, but this is why God judges the heart, yeah. you know, and he sees, he sees heart. So I can, I can trust God with the fact that he sees people's heart. And at the end of the, at the end of the day, what, what, what God wants to happen will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you value honesty really heavily. Does uh -huh. that come from the religious side or is that something you had instilled from your parents? Where does that come from? Well, honesty, I think it's a tool to stay free. And um, I think where it came from, more or less, like I, I, these values or virtues that are biblical, mm -hmm. in my opinion, they, they come from me being led by the Holy Spirit. So the more I submit my life to the Lordship of Christ in my life, the more I become like Christ. Mm. And in that, you know, it's a process. It's, a, it's, it's like there's this, you know, that, you know, when I say I, I got saved in 2011, I got justified for my sins. Mm -hmm. Like the justification for my sins was paid for. Mm. It was like taken care of past, present and future. I'm clear. I'm in, I don't have to pay for my sins. Uh, because of the finished work of the cross or what Jesus did. And that's justification. Mm -hmm. But then after that happens, it is you take this next step into what is called sanctification, and that is the process of becoming like Jesus, and that is a lifelong process. But the more you walk with God, the more he convicts you. And so even when I have moments of when I'm maybe not being honest, I get this little thing in my stomach. Like a knot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could either resist it and grow a grow callous toward uh what the what the holy spirit would want to do through me mm. or i could be like say sorry to a person and say hey actually the truth is so my biggest thing is the reason why i like to be honest is because i think we can move faster when we're honest yep. like even in business relationships it's like hey if we're just honest up front we can just we can move quicker for sure uh i feel like god's the same way hey if you were just honest yeah i promise we can i can excel your life a lot quicker and and so that's why I would I would value honesty. I don't want to hide behind my lies. Yep. And there's one reason why I absolutely love marriage. Mm -hmm. Like I got married young. I, I we celebrated 10 years this year. Wow. I got married at 21. That is young. Yeah, I was just like, yo, she's it. All right, let's run it. That's crazy. Um <laughs> but I think the coolest thing about marriage is that there's somebody on this planet that knows everything about me. Mm. So like I have this level of like freedom. Mm -hmm. Like my the inhale and exhale of life that I can take out of like in my breath is is so freeing. Yeah. Because I know that somebody knows everything I'm going through and I have nothing to hide. Beautiful. Like bank accounts open, passwords to everything, whatever it is. Like I have nothing to hide. Mm. So that's kind of why I mean I would I would hope more people would be honest uh with themselves. Yep. But then ultimately honest with people just to know because um because we're all we all have to make sure that we honor our word 
And if we say something, okay, this is this is something my business coach taught me. You know, uh, in, in, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and mm-hmm. the word was with God, and then the word dwelt among us. And, and, and in the same way, when we, st- when we stick to our word, when we give our word to somebody mm-hmm. and we stick to it, we could dwell among that, those people. And when I say dwell, it means like you could, you could confidently approach a person. But when we, when we aren't honest with, with our words, we have to hide. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I mean, it, ha- it just happens in every context. It doesn't matter what context you're in. Yeah. And so, um, and so I, I would I would say honesty is a big deal. Yeah, I love that, man. I used I, I'm pretty honest. I used to be a really bad liar. Definitely worked on it over the years. Um, but that's something I value heavily, my honesty. And I feel like we're in a society now where people are scared to be honest mm-hmm. because they get punished for it. Right. And uh, it, it sucks to see because people are kind of just living like in a shell version of, of themselves. No, 100. I, I definitely think it's a, I would confidently say that like, the longer we live, dude, the softer humanity is getting. Mm-hmm. And because because it we're all becoming more soft, on both sides it's becoming hard. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to 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 stand for something because we're too worried about how it's gonna make people somebody feel. Right. Um, but then also, you know, we don't want to offend a person, but then also I don't want somebody to offend me. <laughs> and then, but I'm easily offended. Yeah. And like so we're just all we're all like starting to hide more yeah and that that we were not designed to be isolated and we were not designed to be to bottle things in Mm -hmm. and so it's unfortunate but i mean i think i think there's a there's a myriad of reasons why we're becoming like that um it's unfortunate though it is yeah Yeah, it's funny how like you can be on instagram and like there's like an early 2000s clip from a movie or a show yeah and it's always like this wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, this would not air. Yeah. Like it just wouldn't. And it's just. And that's how crazy it's changed. Yeah. Right. Like stuff we said as a kid growing up, certain words, you said that these days, you're canceled. Yeah. So it's crazy to see the evolution and it's it's concerning for sure. 100. Yeah. Um, I want to dive into business stuff before we wrap up because yeah. it is a business podcast. You went all in on content and that's something I feel like most churches don't do, right? Mm-hmm. But why did you decide to go that route? Dude, actually, I. In high school, I picked up a camera. I took broadcast journalism. This was 2007. And I learned how to make videos. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was so fun because like, you would make commercials. Uh, you would do the morning announcements. And um, I just fell in love with the process of creating videos. And it, fast forward, you know, when I, when I got saved um, in 2011, I still was making videos. Mm-hmm. Like whether I was vlogging or shooting friends' music videos and stuff like that. Um, so I just started using those gifts, talents, and abilities in the church. And, uh, I guess you could say my skill set really grew Mm. because now I, now I had a platform to produce or show off the content that I was creating and, and, and learn various different ways to market. And that's actually when I, um, connected with Sean Cannell, the founder Mm. of Think Media. And, um, that was when we, I, I was kind of working under him for a season and then he went off to go start his own stuff. And then in 2016 is when I stopped working full time, and I, I've kind of been on my own since 2016 doing entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started helping Sean with Think Media, mm. and this is like inception. There was probably like maybe, you know, fifty, sixty thousand subscribers at the time. Wow, that's early. Yeah, and so that's 2016. Yeah, and then uh, fast forward to 2018, he's like, "Yo, can you start teaching? Like, can you start making videos on the channel?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Let's do it." 
And so I started making videos and I, you know, uh, C19 was awesome for our channel. <laughs> and like now we're at 2.6 million subscribers. Wow. And so I think what has happened was number one, me educating uh, and do and just doing video. I, I mean, I've just been doing video for over 15 years. I didn't know it would arrive to this place where mm -hmm. everyone needs it. Um, but being able to take a lot of those things that you learn, uh, you know, for business, it's actually the principles apply the same in the church world. Mm. And so, yes, like using uh, content marketing in the church is, is huge because now no one's going to a website. People are looking at the Instagram. People are watching a sermon on, on YouTube yep. and how you position and make it easy for people to, to get to. Uh, that's what people are doing before they actually walk through the doors. They're they're spending time with you online, and then they're making that decision. To like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go check it out in person. Absolutely. And so it's kind of like that leagued. It's yeah. like a, like the funnel. Like as you, so you train that skill set to be right place, right time. Once it became a money thing, yeah. Because now it's like high demand skill to have that. No, one hundred. Yeah. And, uh, I could have never planned on being, you know, being in video for so long. Yeah. And so I, I do feel like it's a part of like the call on my life to to help people with it. Yeah. Um, it comes so easy and naturally to me, but then also on the strategic standpoint, being able to see opportunities in different uh, businesses and sectors on how they can use video mm -hmm. to like create more awareness and things like that. Yeah, no, props to you, man. Cause I remember when I went to college, people got made fun of that did um, graphic design or video cause there's no huh? money in it. Yeah. And then when NFTs happened, graphic design was hot. People were making millions. So. Yeah. Right place, right time. But, dude, it's been fun getting to know you. Anything you want to close off with or promote? Uh, dude, I mean, if you uh, want to check out, uh, Instagram is where I post a lot of stuff. Um, I also have a podcast called The Department. Mm -hmm. Love to have you on. Yeah, let's do uh, it. I essentially say it's it's a, it's conversations with people who are in their department. Mm. And so uh, that is The Department with Omar Altakori. You can find that anywhere. And then if you're looking for some video help, YouTube, Think Media, and then we'll be there with anything need to have questions with love it thanks so much for coming on man great episode thanks for watching as always guys see you next time